This is a Honky Tonk Man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time, and you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestler Review. Let me tell you about a little man named Dory. He was the oldest son of a wrestling legend, but he was not the favorite. That was Terry, Terry, Terry. It's the story of Dory, Dory, Dory. I am John, John, John. That is come, come, guzzler, Dylan, Dylan. <laughs> is this a, can I say something? Can I say a hot take? I want you to. Ooh, oh, wait a minute. Just one sec, John. Check the stove. I think this hot take might be almost burning. I think that these guys, the, the Funk stove. Brothers, <laughs> <laughs> the Funk Brothers are the archetype for every single brother tag team after them in that Terry crazy uh, personality, but Dory, I've got a single leg and God damn it, 35 minutes later. It's still a fucking single leg. Yeah. How are we going to do this match? I'm, you're going to put me in a sleeper hold at minute four. At minute 40, I'm out and I come back, which is armbar. Like, he's absolutely right. It's amazing just how, for how fucking crazy Terry is, how just fucking middle of the road of his time Dory Funk is. Just like, give me some wool trunks, time to do some accounting before I head to the ring to fight a Briscoe. Unfortunately, the Briscoes <laughs> have been into the whiskey, so it's going to be an actual fight, which is fine by me, because it's all about the people. Then it's home to have a red meat-based dinner, missionary sex with my wife, make sure I have another kid, and then a sturdy handshake with my son before I make him walk to the school, uh, which is 12 miles, and if he's late, I will be disappointed in him and bring it up at his fucking wedding. Pardon me for swearing. I know there are women around. I will uh, note that down as a grievance, and my father will, of course, bring <laughs> at Thanksgiving. Would you like some milk before dinner, son? You would not. I didn't know you were a uh, homosexual. Homosexuals don't drink milk. Straight men drink milk. That was the that was a Dory Funk Jr. got milk campaign that was not used. <laughs> he had a milk mustache, and it just says, straight men drink milk <laughs> in the early, early 90s. Dory Funk Jr., has ever a man so fat looked so in shape? Uh, yeah, he was really like, they always say uh, they always say you can't out-train a bad diet, and Dory Funk Jr. <laughs> is an example of that. I, I truly think Dory Funk Jr., he's the older of the Funk brothers, and he is clearly not the favorite. Terry is clearly the favorite of just how he's trained, all the shit that he's put through. And Terry was put through it too, but look at how their different personalities sort of meshed as Terry became this innovator and this big personality, and Dory was just like, gotta keep my head down. If I don't speak, maybe they won't notice me. I'm Dory. Shush, shush, shush. Like... Do you think so? Because reading up on him, basically, it boils down to this. Even their own fathers said this later in their lives, where it was like um, that Terry Funk had the championship personality, but that Dory was the championship worker. I was, I was gonna bring that. I was, but I think it's also one of those things where, it's yeah, because if you look at Dory's early career, is literally like his dad was so hard on him. Other wrestlers in the '60s were like that poor boy. 
in that Dory probably like which is hilarious <laughs> a guy's walking around with two broken wrists being like I still feel bad for Dory Funk now pardon me Vern Gagne is gonna what he calls amateur wrestling but the wrestling world uh, knows as sodomize me yeah yeah like if this is wrestling in the 60s where it's yeah it, it, fucking Gene, judo Gene LaBelle is mugging a horse and then it's like that poor Dor- <laughs> that poor Dory Funk having to do push-ups in the ra- and the thing with Dory is he just comes across like, and it's absolutely right. He's just this sort of Melba toast guy. Thank God for the wrestler view. Um, the thank God this wrestler was actually around in his time. The, a, the big sort of theme of the wrestler view is: imagine if this guy was in the '90s as opposed to the 2000s, or imagine if the guy was in the '70s as opposed to the '90s. Dory Funk could have only existed when he did, which is we need a champion to come in, make our local champion look good. Um, and then leave, and no one will remember what the fuck happened, and that is Dory Funk Jr. I think Dory Funk, I mean, watching his matches, like, especially, he transitioned to the 80s style, not, obviously not through his character, but certainly through his wrestling, he transferred extremely well, and I think if you transplant Dory Funk exactly, I think uh, he's, he's what they thought Dan Severn would be in the 90s, if that makes any sense. Uh, absolutely um and the thing with it also but he just but couldn't that look never he looks like he looks like your uncle who's in a marriage that he doesn't like but would never tell you <laughs> and they get along well enough i have said this about dan severin all you needed to do to make that look work is instead of him just hurting d'lo brown is he needed to hurt like 40 people they needed to ecw 911 him which is you just make him fucking crazy and he's an attraction that he comes out and he submits people and they go away. I don't uh, know. Have you ever heard Dan Severn speak? No, you do not let him speak. You give him that's no, why you, have you ever heard one time you hear him speak, he sounds like um he sounds like the lady from Fargo. From the movie Fargo. That's why you don't let Dan Severn speak. You put Oh they, hey, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna knock you right on your keister there, buddy. Take that stone cold. Take that very, very cold, uh, Steve. Yeah, it's the same reason why you don't need to put either of the Funk Brothers with a manager. More Terry than Dory, but Dory's actually pretty good at promos as well. Dory is much more in the Harley Race school of promo, which is, oh God, my uncle that always has a different aunt is here kind of promo. (laughs) I do like the idea of a 90s Funk Brothers where... Terry's always in jail, and Dory, just his gimmick is that he has bail money. <laughs> Gotta go back into my uh, 401k for this one again there, Terry. Terry, I love uh, Terry. I love you to bits, but my God, could you not get arrested on a Sunday? I have church to go to, and there is a hard N with a hard R who in the choir who's looking at my beloved daughter, Agnes, and Lord knows I need to be there with a knife. To cut off what I can only assume is his leg-shaped penis. <laughs> well, all right, we've done. We've. <laughs> this is a first because we've talked about something, uh, and not not at all about his career really yet. But before we start the biography, and it hasn't even been about our hometowns or butter and the bread, so that people can enjoy this information sandwich. That's really good. Thank you. You put butter on all your sandwiches? Yeah. How? How? Why am I fat? And I there's so many fat guy things I just don't do. Yeah, but that's because you just... I actually don't know, honestly, why you are so fat. 
Because you eat. You know why it is? I know why it is. Tasteless carbs. I love. (laughs) Your boy will make himself just a fucking bowl of pasta with no sauce and eat it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I don't deserve the sauce. I haven't achieved enough. (laughs) Yeah. Just eat it. (laughs) You are an embarrassment. Now put the whole package in the pot and don't go for a walk. I'll I'll have a wheelchair to take me to the stove so I don't get any extra cardio. Just whistling a song. Diabetes, diabetes. (laughs) I want diabetes. That way, someone will pay attention to me. I have diabetes. This is uh, yeah. All right. Are you on creatine, Dylan? No, that's just pasta. I've puffed up. Yeah. Puff, puffed up for the pasta. So, guys, check this out. Did you know Dory Funk? He was born February third, nineteen forty-one. He is still training. Yeah. Still training wrestlers. He came out of the puss placenta in a, uh, a, a, a spinning toe hold. <laughs> First rule of wrestling: never bend over in front of a French person. Yeah. They will, they will, they will sodomize you. Second rule of Amarillo, Texas wrestling: no wallets. A man carries his money in a fold. <laughs> if you have a credit card, <laughs> that is socially. <laughs> If you can't can't carry your money in your fist walking down the street, you don't deserve to fucking stand up to pee. If you you ask me why you have, where's your driver's license, my question to you is why aren't you so familiar with the people in your town that they just recognize you? (laughs) Um, So his amateur wrestling career, uh, he starts... All right, no, here's the weird story. Here's the weird story of the first uh, part of his life, rather, is that his father wanted him to be a real athlete before he started wrestling. Like, he always wanted to be a wrestler. Uh, so, Dory Funk, in the only person who's ever done this, went and played college football at West Texas State uh, just so he could then start professional wrestling. Literally the inverse of everyone else's career. Well, the thing with that is that everyone in who went to West Texas State to play football became a wrestler. Like, Dory Funk was slightly before the crazy big class that was like DiBiase, Tito Santana, all of them, Dusty Rhodes. Like, but that's what was done there because Texas wrestling is so fucking big. Think about it. You have Fritz operating in Dallas. You have the Funks in Amarillo, and you have Paul Bosch in Houston. Plus, you have the Blanchard family in and around there as well. Like, it's fucking crazy how much wrestling there is. Like, it's it's seeps through the culture. And also, if your dad is that wrestler, of course you want to be a wrestler, especially when your younger brother is the favorite and you were just asked to breathe quieter at the goddamn dinner table, Dory, you dumb disappointment. But I do like the... I like how Dory deals with all the pressure of being the oldest and clearly having that extra pressure of literally... His father gave him his name is that he never complained and he's just had a good life. Keep in mind, like, if never complained, has had a divorce, was essentially like, here's the NWA championship. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, See you in four years. And then he comes back to the territory and they're like, we're tired. You work. And he's like, of course. Yeah, he just accepted every single weird demotion he ever got. To complain Um, would be a female attribute said Dory, (laughs) looking into a plate, which is what he considers a mirror. He makes his food look like what he thinks he looks like in that moment. (laughs) 
1963, Dory Funk Jr. is at West Texas More like State. 1969. Well, it was not. It was not. He could have used a couple 69s because by 1963, at the age of 22, he is making fifty dollars a month, along with room and board. In college, he has two children and a wife already. <laughs> Dory Funk is so potent. Oh my God! I should. I shared a Sunday with her. Now she's pregnant, and that is not a euphemism for sex. We shared a Sunday. I literally have so much cum <laughs> that she got in her vagina, I'm assuming, somehow. If anyone wonders why, like, the hippie movement happened and all that shit, is it's like, um, there was a time where it's like, how old are you? I'm 22. You old fuck. Like, he's 20. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, out of high school, time to get married. Like, all the time. All the fucking time. Oh, no, no, no. Not out of high school. I'm, I mean, he, this guy is married. He gets a diploma. He gets a woman, and then he pumps her twice. Yeah, and then he goes to fucking play football because I miss America, John. I miss America. Not me. I'm here right now. I'm uh, I'm about to go fuck a cheeseburger and then shoot a gun. <laughs> That's what you call a woman. <laughs> hey, fillet a fish. Shuck me earth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fillet a pussy fish. Nice. Um, Dory Funk Sr. claimed that he never pressured either of his sons to get into the uh, business, but as soon as they did, he was extremely critical of Dory's work. Um, so much so, and we mentioned this at the top, that other wrestlers were shocked. This is the fucking 60s. Do you understand yeah. that Dick the Bruiser is just drinking wood and fucking bears and asking Dory Funk Sr. to stop calling Dory Funk Jr. a pussy because he's like, what do you mean you can't wrestle for seven hours? I did it once in my dreams. Yeah, this is the classic, like, uh, Luthez. You also need to understand the Amarillo Territory is built around Dory Funk Sr. It's a really small territory with a really, really rabid audience. And he did a lot of very smart, creative booking things like... The Texas Deathmatch, um, which was you can wrestle anywhere in the arena and you have to the count of 10 to answer and return to the ring. He would do things like that would be the only match and he would wrestle for three hours. So he was setting up his sons to replace him um, and also to be able to be that creative in such a small market. Because you're competing with the Dallas Metroplex, Houston, and wherever the fuck the Blanchard family was operating at the time. But they had huge populations to draw from. Dory, the Funks didn't. That said, he didn't need to do all of this to his old eldest son, but some would say it would pay it off. No. With, you know, psychological star scarring for old Dory. But I mean, if you're, like, let's say you're Dory Funk Sr. and you're. I say it all the time. Kiss I'm me. I'm Dory Funk Sr. now. Yeah. Kiss me now. <laughs> Did I just punch a dog? I feel like Dory Funk Sr. Mm. Time, uh, time to vote for say, only Mike Pence. <laughs> Cross out Trump. I'm voting Mike Pence. If I wanted to vote for someone from New York, I would have voted for Bill Clinton. <laughs> um, so Dory Funk, uh, what I'm saying is Dory Funk, uh, as far as creating, like, more so than being a good father, which that's not really, fathers of the 60s weren't really focused on being fathers. They just kind of expected you to catch up if you were a kid. And Dory, as far as being a dada, he more so he just wanted two people to take over for his territory and in the way that he created talent i'd say he was one of the most successful fathers of all time he only needed two chances to get a brett and an owen Stu had like 10 
And he had so many Smiths and Bruces. <laughs> so many Bruces. Two of the girls are considered Bruces. Also, I just like the idea <laughs> that Dory Funk, like Dory Funk uh, Senior, is interviewing his balls to uh, <laughs> to create employees. Exactly. And then he's like, it, immediately, w- immediately, Dory, uh, Dory Junior, you have to have children. We need someone for opening matches. They will start wrestling at twelve. Thank you. Yeah. Hello, left one. I need one guy to be a real devil, and I need the other one to be a real saint. <laughs> and by that, I mean I want them both to pray to. So, obviously, he's one of the headliners in Amar- in his Amarillo territory, and he's uh, he's ba- he's fighting on the undercard with people mi- with like Mike DiBiase, Harley Race, Wild Bill Curry, just a bunch of stout. People with no musculature visibly, but if you shake their hand, they will destroy you. Yeah, just a lot of guys that um, you know drop a they drop a hard N with a hard R after two. B- <laughs> yeah, and they're not drunk. It's just an excuse to say they were. I want to say the things I think, but yeah. this is a, but but uh, nice nice. I'm not drunk, but there's like you. I'm not drunk, but there's no married women here, so we speak our minds. Um, also <laughs> within. Go ahead. So go for it. No, no, I was just going to say, what's also very interesting is that the the Funks also escaped any sort of hatred from any generation for being the sons of the promoter. Like, even the Hearts had it a little bit in Stampede, but you can't find anyone being like, these fucking Funk brothers had everything handed to them. And I think that that may have also been part of Dory's, like Dory's senior's theory is, I have to much worse because then they will be respected by these egomaniacs that's true though yeah if i cut them any sort of slack everyone will be like oh that time that he let dory go to the hospital when he was having a heart attack now this kid has everything (laughs) but that's the same thing as any coach any coach any father uh who's taught teams knows that he has to be like extra hard on his kid yeah he has to be extra hard visibly on his kid in front of the other teammates. Otherwise, that kid's life is going to be worse than... It's It's kind of a weird situation where it's like if you're coaching the team, what makes your kid's life worse? That everyone on the team hates them or that you're screaming at them? Here's the weird thing. is I And I think you do both. I played a lot of team sports with a lot of kids that were the sons of coaches, and I never saw this once. Really? Yeah. They were all just sort of like... And my son starts, because why not? I was on a team where the guy cut his son, and it was perfect. (laughs) That is fucking evil. He cut his son, and then... See you in the van. That was was a bit much. (laughs) (laughs) Because that was like, uh, that was, uh, (laughs) that was, you got got made fun of. Then you get both. That's the both... of worst of both worlds. When I played football, all I remember is how much all the coaches smoked. Yeah, you don't get that anymore. Or maybe you do. No, you definitely That'd don't. That'd be great if you You're do. not allowed to... Like, we're, we're talking like a guy stood at the door of a gymnasium while we're doing laps, having a butt faster. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the idea. Well, now it would be like, with with the way people are now, it'd be someone talking about like how how much green tea they drink and then really trying to endorse CBD to someone. Anyone their own age that they saw that wasn't a student in the school, they would just start talking about CBD and expect someone to understand. Like, it's just, it's a miracle for my joints. 
Also, I haven't talked to my mother in years. <laughs> oh, sure, it is still a cannabinoid, and oh, sure, there probably are still psychoactive properties to it because it is changing my brain chemistry, but I've decided not to look into that at all. I'm just going to focus on the good. Yeah, like a fucking bitch. Like, okay, here's let me just say this about people that are walking around all excited for Canada about to legalize marijuana, the legalization of marijuana in California, the decriminalization of marijuana in the UK. Cut your hair, hippies. <laughs> yeah, get a job. Is that what you're going to say? Um, yeah. Here's my issue. Stop acting like you're not just on drugs. Like, I would be so, yeah. so much happier if they were like, we're on drugs and they're legal. And I'm like, fuck yeah. My drug is nicotine and alcohol. And I want to be on it all the goddamn time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. The people who are acting like it's like the uh, the people acting like it's a huge thing uh, for the world rather than what it is, which is like, we can get blasted off this thing now because we're not happy we're living in the real world. Ooh. Woo. On February 11th, 1969, six years after his first match, his children are already 11 and 15. His oldest son was the ref. <laughs> yeah, his oldest son was the ref and his oldest daughter... Had uh had a fist fight with Dusty Rhodes's cock. <laughs> there you go. Dory beat Gene Kaninsky for the NWA World Heavyweight Title in Tampa, Florida, with the spinning toehold. Now, a couple of big things. Florida was always a very hot NWA territory, so you'd put a new champion over there because it was guaranteed to be a big reaction, so it would look good on the photos, which is a weird thing that they had to consider. Also. Uh, the Funks were traded very liberally with Eddie Graham. Eddie Graham was very clo close with the Funk brothers and uh, their Ill father, Dory Sr. He was then placed on a lot of loaded cards to make sure that he looked like a draw that really sort of taught the audience that he was a draw. And uh, he would he would draw when he got uh, titles. Yeah, go ahead. So, sorry, and he's also 28 and so crazy bald. Oh, yeah. But the amount of testosterone that man has coursing through his veins <laughs> is weird. It, later on the research, I don't know if you got to it, but from 1971 to 1973, he was just hard the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Studies show that he shook a man's hand and that man got pregnant. <laughs> and that's why they wrote that movie for Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, studies showed that he once winked at a woman and she exploded from orgasm. <laughs> but that's the thing. They, they were grooming uh, Dory Funk, J uh, June June, uh, to be champ from like pretty much his inception in wrestling because they saw he had a lot of talent. Yeah. And the thing is that Terry is very much a 70s and 80s wrestler where he's like a lot of personality and he's really good that way. But Dory is the 60s wrestler. It sounds crazy, but it like... Who the fuck else did we review who was like that? Who was so of his time? Bret Hart's pretty of his time, but I can't remember if we've actually reviewed Bret Hart. I don't think we have. Bunkhouse Buck. Bunkhouse Buck is so of his time. Buck Zoom Buck, Buck off, sadly, very <laughs> much of his time. Buck Zoom off, available on the Patreon feed if you want to hear us be sad. <laughs> hear us just realize that we are people. Oh, God. Oh, wait, I have values. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord, I can't say all of this. He has a great run as the NWA champion. Uh, he's the champion for four and a half years. He goes up against uh, Dick Murdoch. Woo! Archie Goldie. Woo! Billy Robinson. Woo! There's a lot of people here that are just clearly like, what are we going to do in the ring? I'm going to go for your eye. Okay, good. Yeah! <laughs> 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 
My finisher is just stabbing your eyes with this fork I got. My finisher is just you fucking you. I get the belt. Um, yeah, that's. <laughs> I'm from Mongolia. You know that. Um, like I mean, you're not. Hey, what a beer! <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I tell people that, and it makes me feel special. Are you though. Fritz? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is also, by the way, the height of the NWA board. Um, uh, there, a lot of promoters went out of their way to make sure that uh, Dory wasn't also a stalking horse for his father, in an attempt to steal talent from other territories. They very much went out of their way not to do that. Uh, so much so that Terry basically was held back and kept in Amarillo the whole time and built up as another champion. So it didn't look like they needed Dory and or um, they weren't in a position where they needed Dory to come back all the time. One of the big criticisms of Ric Flair's title run is he spent a shitload of time in Charlotte because Jim Crockett could do that he had more power than the other territories because he had the champion so he put his territory over the other territory so a lot of people like florida and bill watts um had less and less time with the champion um couldn't necessarily get him for big shows and then they were forced to send talent for things like starcade as opposed to protecting their own territories i think it had a lot more to do with the wwf and just life in general but it's a fun theory to look and also just blows my mind that like if you're listening in England, imagine that, okay, if England had three wrestling cities and one of them is Manchester, one of them is London, and the other one is, uh, like, what would fucking Amarillo be? Hartlepool. Hartlepool, yeah. That's a very good, like, what? Why Why are 10,000 people going to see wrestling every day, every week in Hartlepool? And then you see Terry Funk and you're like, I, I guess so. Hey, listen up, you old A-sucking <laughs> My opponent is... I got her. Hey, Dory's here, and I'm going to cry because my dad puts penis in my Cheerios. <laughs> uh, Dory Funk Jr.'s here. You know what that means, Dad's at home greasing up, and he's going to put a knife in his mouth. And if we get the, don't get the knife out, oh, goddy, goddy, my wife's going to lose another toe. <laughs> um... Here's I think Dory Funk Jr. is the 1960s and 70s Bret Hart though, weirdly, because he's just ugly Bret Hart because he every match he talks about he's not himself ugly having Hart, is a classic and he talks about and he just is like I'm the best worker of fucking all time. He is not like, That's every match. Okay, first of all, you're right in the ring. Personal life, he is nowhere close to Bret Hart because nowhere can you find, and it's the best part of Bret Hart's book, which is Bret Hart's book is literally just like, I don't like that guy. This match was very good. I cheated on my wife. That's exactly the whole book. I don't understand why it ever, ever, anyone has ever beaten me in the ring, except for Owen, and uh, <laughs> I fucked Owen. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you know Owen's wife? Yeah, I was going to have an affair with her, but then I felt weird because I tried to fuck her on the coffin. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but I was, is it a hard, uh, hard trip because I had this really good match and the bulldog was around, so then I had to cheat on uh, my wife with the bulldog because I cheat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, fucked, oh, I, I fucked a dog, just to be clear. It wasn't Davey Boy. It wasn't Davey. It was Matilda. That's how Matilda died. Couldn't handle my fucking seven inch. Yeah. <laughs> he also refers to it as his seven inch the whole time in the book. <laughs> also, if there's never been more of an Alberta thing than just maintaining, calling your dick the inches... Let's go get in the fucking... <laughs>
F-150 and put my 7-inch in your 5-inch. Your pussy's only 5 <laughs> inches deep. <laughs> that I hope. I measured it with my dick ruler. All right, so Dory, uh, Dory and Terry are very. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah, listen, we just gotta get. I just want to talk about Japan. So, Dory and Terry are very loyal to the Giant Papa. Uh, it starts. Uh, they just constantly are touring over there. Giant Papa had a relationship with the NWA. Um, then they ha- also should we mention for people who might not be initiated, Giant Baba is a man, not a big baby bottle thank you continue <laughs> yeah I should, I should maintain one of the big baba <laughs> one of the big every time I, every time it says giant baba i just envision this like tokyo has this square where it's just the world's biggest baby bottle that they put on the sleeve all i can pi- all i can picture is just a man dressed as a giant baby bottle uh and now our ceo the giant baba welcome everyone <laughs> Ooh, feel me. <laughs> First of all, where the where the fuck is my goddamn huggy bookie? <laughs> I miss my boop boop. <laughs> yeah. Always be coddling me. A always B B C coddle and me. A B C M. But Inoki, when he first goes to Japan, Dory does, uh Inoki, there's real fear that he'll shoot and try and take the title, which is another uh weird thing about Anoki was that he needed to be the toughest guy at all times. We will do an Antonio Anoki review because people view him as Hulk Hogan but worse in Japan. Which yeah, is crazy. Um, like imagine but of course, like imagine that like okay, you're Antonio Anoki. My name is Ricky Dozen. I'm about to be stabbed by the Yakuza, but first I will pick a successor. Giant Baba, Antonio Anoki, you're both wild disappointments, so you'll have to work together. Now off to die. And <laughs> now to die. Yeah. <laughs> spent their lives just i will i will destroy you and you know antonio inoki's legacy lives on as new japan wrestling is essentially like the cool dude wrestling and uh all japan wrestling because they can dead <laughs> i really do love that new japan they're trying to make it more americanized but the wrestlers are so used to swearing that every promo they can do because Obviously, if it's a Japanese audience, they can be on mainstream TV just swearing so much. So every promo they do is like, hey, hey, fucking Okada, I'll fuck you. Fuck shit. Fuck. Shitting. <laughs> they're like, ooh, he's mad. <laughs> it's just, no. It's like apparently the Great Khali's old promos were just like all about wet pussy or something. <laughs> like It was just the most heinous shit. I mean, I like that. Wet Pussy Khali would be a good name. They shouldn't have called it the Great Khali. She could have been soaking wet, Gray Kelly. <laughs> yeah, Dory Funk, baby. All right, let's talk more about Dory Funk because we can't give you any sidetracked swearing. Uh, we should take a break soon. It's almost uh, we're I, I was gonna say half an hour, but when you render it because of uh, because of uh, the delay, it becomes less. Anyway, uh, Dory Funk Jr. All right, let's what a just. Man. Can we- Finish up his NWA title run, and then we'll do the second half of his career after. I think that's a great idea, John. Apparently, one big thing that everyone had to worry about back then, um, well, I mean, obviously, even in the 70s, weirdly, was people shooting or just, like, people who were really fucking all over the place. Inoki uh, was purported to be one of them, as was uh, Johnny Valentine, who will be coming up a bit later in the show. Um, but this is really important because this NWA title run really sews up a lot of money for them in their career because this introduces them to Japan 
and like is the basis for both of the Funk Brothers' income for going on 20, 30 years. Absolutely. It's also where they learn, uh, Terry learns, really learns the hardcore style. It become he becomes the runner up to the King of the Death yeah. match, all that sort of stuff. It's, and it also very much establishes Dory. This is, I think also where Dory really feels like he's a badass because he's the NWA champion. That still, that mattered in Japan for 20 years on when it was very quickly, it was forgotten in, um, uh, the USA by the middle eighties. Yeah. Um, and, it also is a place where they can sort of go back and forth from being babyface, but eventually just become like legendary, cool babyfaces. They sometimes are portrayed as heels. Absolutely. They also open the door for Stan Hansen, Bruiser Brody, all of these people to come over as these yeah. sort of wild Texas dicks. Yeah, exactly. The Terry Funk archetype is very much used, and then they just attach bigger guys. Yeah. Like that happens a lot. Well, it's like anything in wrestling, which is that worked, let's do it again, as opposed to let's do something new. They're like, yeah. no, no, that again. Good. Again. Yeah. Well, how about this? How about we take a break now because we got to talk about the weird Jack Briscoe title defenses. Uh, that's what I was going to say. Let's just talk about the Jack Briscoe title defenses, how he loses the title, and then we can just talk about his after career in the second half. Perfect. All right, let's do it. Jack Briscoe. This is a very weird story. The Briscoe family and the Funk family hate each other. The Funk family maintain they don't, and the Briscoe family are like, yeah, we don't we don't like each other. It's Florida, Texas. It's basically the Briscoes. Uh, Jack Briscoe was Eddie Graham's prodigy. Dory Funk Se- uh, Jr. was Dory Funk Sr.'s prodigy. And they were pitted against each other by two old men who were friends who wanted to see which one of their champion was better. And then they would just have fucking crazy matches, which was basically Jack Briscoe trying to hurt Dory and Dory just being like, ha, 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 I'm white. <laughs> yeah, and the whole thing where apparently Dory, Dory lost the title to Harley Race. Okay, so let's explain this. So he is scheduled to lose after four and a half years in Houston. This is weird territorial bullshit politics stuff in Houston. Dory Funk Sr. Yes. had been was against him ever losing the belt in Texas because he was afraid it was going to get back to Amarillo and affect Dory's draw in Texas as the champion. Keep in mind, he would show up without the belt. Like, they'd have to explain he lost it somewhere, irregardless. Um, Paul Bosch had been promised a title change um, as... the Paul Bosch is weird in that Paul Bosch was so respected by the NWA, he got NWA champions, but he wasn't part of the NWA. So he paid a less of a membership fee. Um, Harley Race didn't like it and went out of his way to constantly screw him. Anyway, so he is scheduled to lose the belt to Jack Briscoe in Houston. He, Dory and Terry both claim there was a car accident with his truck, where his truck drove off a six-foot embankment in a truck, and Dory was fucked up and couldn't lose the belt to Jack. Jack Briscoe claims he didn't want to lose the belt in Texas. He didn't want to lose it to him. So... Uh, they uh, fucking um, just rescheduled it and had him lose to Arley Race instead. Yeah, and then Harley uh, lost the title to the Briscoes, and basically it was all said that Dory was sick, he couldn't do it, and Jack Briscoe to this day is like, he could fucking do it. He could get in the ring and lose to Jackie old Briscoe. Do you need a new car? Please let me touch your car. Yeah, like that's ba- basically what it was was that, and you could see that there was a workaround and that they brought Harley in, and Harley, it, Harley was the NWA's fucking muscle. He was always sent to Japan. Yeah. He was sent to Japan uh, after uh, starting with after I think starting with Jack Briscoe, because 
uh, Anoki and Baba kept also trying to fucking shoot and steal the NWA championship. And his job basically was, if they do that, beat them up. That's so crazy. Yeah, but it's one of those things you had to do at that time because by the time they have the title, the governing body wouldn't be aware for a day, day and a half. That's a huge problem. Um for the continuity of the NWA. So you actually needed to protect these things because if you can't trust someone not to do it, then that's what you have to do. Yeah, absolutely correct. Yeah. But that's the story of how Dory Funk... And Dory Funk, second longest reign in NWA title history. First longest reign uh, as was far as me making it rain with ones in St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> of course that is wrong. That was Luthez. What? Luthez was the longest reign in NWA title history. This is about facts, John. We don't do funny anymore. That's true. As of right now. As of right now, only facts. Doris says... Only that, facts. ...that post him losing the title, he had to work very hard as a booker. Um, yeah, Dory Funk's title reign. Amazing. Very much of its 60s uh, time and also very definitional of the NWA in that... The title change was more screwy than the Montreal Screwjob, but you were never told about it until Jim Cornette got a hold of a microphone in the middle 2000s. <laughs> yeah, because because everything happened in a dark room with one spotlight with 2,000 people there smoking cigarettes constantly. Yeah, she's, yeah. So no one no one cared. And it's, it's also a mark where it's like Dory Funk and Jack Briscoe are the last of the, like, we need to protect the title, guys. You know? Yeah. Where Harley, Harley Race was a tough man, but they weren't like, I'm sure they were still worried about people shooting well after the fact, where they were like, but what if Magnum TA shoots on Flair? Like, I don't think about that. Yeah. But Harley, once Harley Race gets his paws on the title and has a long reign, it's very much in the era of we're not really worried about anyone shooting the, for the title anymore. Mm. So that's good. That's that's uh, part one of Dory Funk Sr. And we'll get back uh, with his 70s uh, time in Japan, his uh, basically slow grind down the card, and of course, his WWF run, which is weird. Fuck shit. Fuck. 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 Come, this one has come, nothing come, to do come, with it. Come, this come, has, has come. nothing to do with the show. Mm, Patreon.com mm, backslash. Go fuck mm, yourself. Mm. We are fucking back from fucking break. What a fucking time. Shit. Fuck. What a fucking time. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into my favorite type of uh, career. The long downward spiral towards death. 12 years of a slow grind down. Yeah, so basically, Dory Funk in classic wrestler form now must get divorced because he hasn't been home in four years and his wife has moved in another man. <laughs> she, he hasn't been home for 10 years. Yeah. He shook his wife's hand in 1962 and, came, and walked back in the door in 1975. Hello, dear. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He lo so he loses the title in uh, 73, uh, and then he becomes the booker of the Amarillo Territory. Yeah, because Dory Funk Sr. and and, Do and uh, Terry Terry needs to go and start uh, shooting around the, uh, the country to earn his shot yeah. as the NWA champion. Basically, Terry got the NWA championship because um, he's been to college, I think. Uh, and then... Um, <laughs> Dory Jr. ran Amarillo again Amarillo's crazy in that it's such a small fucking area and they fucking kicked the shit out of it for so many years were so smart with business and as soon as there was trouble they sold the fuck thing fuck fuck thing fuck 
They're smart guys, man. They're very Who smart guys. Who did they guys. sell it to? I think they sold it to Vince. Perfect. No, that's not true. It's, it was uh, Watts and Paul Bosch. I think they they sold the territory to the other Texas territories. Yeah, man, because they all the funks have huge ranches and they just wrestle for fun, essentially. Yeah, like they they're they, they're rich kids. Like you wouldn't think it to look at like two guys that are usually in tracksuits and bandanas, but it's like no, they're those are those are rich, wealthy, fucking big side of town kids, like. Terry's daughter. But the other thing is, they're like rural rich kids, though. Yeah, they're rural rich kids, which is like, you know what I mean? Like, less tennis courts and more like, shoot the deer twice. We got enough ammo. <laughs> well, it's just one of those. Yeah, it's the difference between seeing someone in new shoes every year versus new shoes every four years. So yeah. they would have been bullied had they not been so good at just <laughs> single leg, grind them down. Yeah. Now I got front face lock. Stab, 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 he's dead. They would have been bullied save for the fact that Terry Funk's presentation in grade one about how to how to boil the skin off a skull just so that your dad'll get his erection really set the tone for how school was gonna go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here's how you gig yourself. Yeah. Please, no. No, you need to know. You never know when you'll be in a fight where you got to cut yourselves on purpose. Me, That's what my daddy taught me. Let me tell you, there's something there, grade one class. Uh, uh, my dad's never molested me, but he does show me his dick once a week to let me know what I have to grow to be bigger than. Uh. <laughs> but basically... Dory Funk uh, Jr. is on the, the lovely post-NWA championship circuit of having draws with everybody and going to Japan yeah. and having draws. But basically, whereas his title run was two draws and then a win, uh, now it's two draws and then a loss. Fuck me, does the NWA love a draw? What do we do? Wrestle for an hour. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> When did that stop? Because now if you end something in a draw, everyone's like... Hulk Hogan is what stopped it. Really? If you think about it, that's exactly what stopped it. Because it was like, that was the beginning of big time fucking, like, yeah, it was Hulk Hogan stopped it. Because Hulk Hogan was a definite winner of every match, every time, hero, Superman victory, as opposed to, you know, like, Ric Flair, all of the NWA champions were like, ooh, I'm a sneaky boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um... This is kind of a weird one because he's just going around doing spots. Now, this is territory wrestling, and we've talked about territory wrestlers on here before, but essentially, there's no real long-term storylines, or if there are, they're like, Dory Funk comes in, he's mean to the guy who's always been there. Guy Dory beats a couple people who are not that guy, guy beats him, then he, then he leaves. But it, this is when he starts teaming regularly with Terry, which is in like all Japan in the mid seventies, uh, leading to a match in seventy seven where against uh, where's the Funks versus Abby and the Sheik. Yeah, and basically, Abby and the Sheik stab each other and Terry and Dory says <laughs> the match ended at a double DQ and everyone was covered in blood except for him. Yeah. So Dory Funk just stood outside of the ring while three people had a knife fight <laughs> and two of them didn't understand they were supposed to be on the same team. Well, this is the crazy thing. So. Well, that Star Trek music played like the eyes, 
the eyes. <laughs> this is the famous match where uh, Abdullah the Butcher just stabbed Terry Funk in the arm with a fork. <laughs> Fuck, man. I know what you're all thinking. How do you fake that? You don't. You just get stabbed in the arm with a fork. <laughs> if anything, it'd be better to make the, sh- the fork sharp. Yeah. Because otherwise, he's got a dull-ass fork, which I do believe. I do believe Abdullah would have a dull fork. Oh, yeah. Is it okay if I stab you with this dull fork? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course it is, my... I've got a fucking two testicles. I don't know why fucking uh, Terry Funk became Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> They're very close. That match is also very interesting because it also led to... So, one day we will do a Sheik episode, and it will be the story of a man named Ed Farhat who went too far. And Ed Farhat, Ed Farhat essentially ran his territory into the ground because every week it would be like a bunch of tired guys who weren't paid and then the sheet coming out with a bunch of dead snakes throwing them at the referee and taking a shit. <laughs> yeah, he had dead snakes on him. He had a bunch that's of, real. That's how he brought cobras out is he just had a bunch of dead snakes. That's so fucking funny. Um. Also, every every show at the Kobo Hall for like a year, the box office would get robbed. That's so great. Yeah. I love The Sheik. I love Sabu. Those guys, those are two amazing, that's an amazing lineage where it's like, The Sheik figured out the stabbing was interesting and just did it, and then Sabu was like, I need to do more than stabbing. How about jump stabbing? And everyone was like, wow. perfect. Also, did the she- guess where The Sheik kept kayfabe? Everywhere. In his own fucking house. Yeah, in his own house. What a horrible, horrible time to be alive. (laughs) Thank God the 70s are gone and these poor men can stop pretending. Uh, The year is 1980. Terry Funk doesn't need cocaine because he's that fucking crazy. And Dory buys a new golf shirt, but it's a bit garish because it's green. Forest green. So once Terry is... In, J- in Japan, like, this is where he really discovers, like you said, like, being a hardcore wrestler. Do you think Dory had a conversation where it's like, hey there, Terry, I couldn't help but notice you're carrying a li- gun with live ammunition <laughs> in the arena now. Why don't you just do the single legs like I do? I, I, I actually bet you that they had a conversation which was, Terry went, I'm going to go way the fuck over here so that everything you do seems reasonable and fine. I mean, yeah, for sure, because he has to be, you have to be so left of center if your brother was the second longest reigning NWA champion in a time where that really meant something. Absolutely. You also have to remember, like, Terry and Dory, everything that they do is calculated. Everything that they do, there's thought put into it. They are aware of what they're doing because they've been wrestling for this long. Like, they're... Yeah. Yeah, of course. And they're so basically in Japan, it's like their main event draws, but then when push comes to shove, they'll always job. So they job to, uh, they lose a series of matches against uh, Dusty and Andre. Um, and they, their feud, they're basically have a constant feud with the Briscoe brothers. Yeah, which the Briscoes uh, think are real, and the, t- and the funks are like, we saved our money. We don't need to have a body shop. <laughs> Although, no, they're still weird about it. Where. Dory said, I could have beat him in it. I beat him in Amarillo and I beat him today. That's what he says about Jack Briscoe. I love and what's great, like the thing is Jerry like Jerry Briscoe, who was an employee of the WWE for going on 25, 30 years. Like, keep in mind, like this is the early eighties. So we're 
building up to Black Saturday where the Briscoes sold out their stake in Georgia television. Um, mm-hmm. And you know that Terry Funk has brought that up at the gorilla position at Monday Night Raw, dressed as Chainsaw Charlie. Like, you know, if you hadn't done this, we'd be working for Bill Watts, Jerry. <laughs> That's so like, funny. Ric Flair claims that people still threaten the Briscoe Brothers body shop. Like, Jack Briscoe... Really? Yeah, it's Ric Flair, so I do not believe it for a fucking second. Can you explain Can you explain the significance of them selling the Georgia thing so for a second? They had a control... They had not even a controlling interest. They had an, a portion of the Georgia Territory stake, um, owned also by Jim Bartnett, who happened to suddenly become an employee of the WWF. I wonder how that happened. And Vince McMahon ended up owning... He ended up owning the territory that owned the WTBS time slot. So, essentially, um, WCW Saturday Night, that show, he, for a time in the early 80s, owned it. Owned the territory that owned that show. So, he owned that TV time, and he was able to put on WWF television at that time. Ted Turner hated it because it was not what his, his market and his audience wanted. So, they got a shitload of complaints. So... He ended up giving uh, Ole Anderson TV time uh, in the morning, uh, which became WCW main event, um, as a way to counterbalance it and get some lovin' from his original fan base. This was all predicated on the fact that Ole Anderson forced Jim Barnett out of the Georgia Territory because Jim Barnett had an expense account that he was using to fuck people with, and Ole Anderson didn't like that because, not because of homophobia, just didn't think Jim Barnett deserved the money. Because Ole Anderson, what a grumpy fuck. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful man. So, that yeah, that's the significance of that. So, the Funks and the Briscoes feud really is at the core, oddly, of how wrestling gets modernized. And, and Dory is a guy who never figured out how to modernize himself because he was bald when he won the title, and goddammit, he was bald when he lost it, and he was bald when he retired. I also, quite frankly, don't think he needs to modernize. I know this sounds crazy. Okay. In that he was, like... If you look at both of the funks, they know that they're over the hill, and that's part of the joke. And Dory very clearly is just like, I can still make money, I can still trade off my name, but Dory isn't going to go out and do all those crazy things because he knows what he's good at. Terry knows that he is good at hardcore wrestling, and he looks good doing it and can be convincing in that character. I think Dory wasn't convinced that he would be able to do all of those things, so he stayed as a traditional wrestler, and as soon as he could not do that anymore, he phased his cell, he phased away and went and did something else. Like he's, they're, they're incredibly smart performers, and that as soon as the thing that they're good at no longer is in fashion, you can't fucking find them. <laughs> yeah, crazy. Dory Funk always, has always got his ear to the streets, and um, this is just before Vince Jr. has expanded to uh, the WWF we all know and love, yeah. but um, there's a, a huge investment, uh, a part owner of the White Sox at the time, the Chicago White Sox, had uh, made in starting a national wrestling TV show. Have you ever heard the Art of Wrestling Luke Gallows interview where he talks about the great power Udi? Of course. Have I talked to my uncle who lived in Nigeria who uh, talked about how that guy was like the only big celebrity for a while? Yes. Yes. So... Power Mike, who came before Power Udi, uh, him, Carlos Colon, and Dory Funk basically put a show on there, 
and Dory Funk thought he was going to get rich because um, <laughs> there were only 10 wrestlers on the show and there was around 80,000 people in the audience. Guess again. And he claimed, so Power Mike <laughs> claimed that everyone snuck in and <laughs> didn't pay anybody. Yeah. <laughs> all all 80,000 of these people snuck in. And then you're like, I guess I'm not getting paid because this is your country <laughs> and you will beat the shit out of uh, us. No, they just shoot someone with an AK-47. No. Yeah. They would, yeah. They would punch yeah. him in the face. Yeah. Oh, fuck you. No, not fuck me. But he does, Dory Funk does, uh, win the NWA International title in uh, Florida Championship Wrestling. Um, he's feuding for the Florida Heavyweight title with, of course, Dusty Rhodes, Mike Graham, baby. God bless Mike Graham, that fucking pervert. Quick fucking fact. What title became the, what uh, title did the, w, the NWA International title become? TV title. Yeah, I actually thought it was the World Championship, but it could be the TV title as well. I don't know. I just I was guessing. I thought you had the answer. No, it's the world. I think it's the world title. It became the WCW Ooh. world title. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh well, Dory Funk's an, a WCW world champion. Yeah. Then Dory Funk. A- Dory Funk is better than fucking Rowdy Piper. With his fin- with his finishing move, spinning around but near your foot. Yeah. With his finishing move, <laughs> I don't do the full move that I orig- that Ric Flair does. What a fucking terrible move. We'll talk about that at the end of the show. Uh, um, But uh, 1983, he appears at the Terry Funk retirement show, which is, this is just a retirement tour that Terry Funk did just to help out Baba. That's all. Giant Baba came up to him and said, can you pretend you're retiring? And Terry Funk went, okay. I fucking Love, 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 love. How many times Terry Funk has retired? It's so funny. He's the best. He's like, he's the Jay-Z of wrestling. He just keeps on retiring. I retired again. I would say Jay-Z is the Terry Funk of life. That's true, actually. And Beyonce is Dory Funk. (laughs) Yeah. They both like to fuck. Senior. Bottomless fucking cum barrels, bro. Sop it up in my ass. Oh my god. my ass. Let me give birth to a me baby. Sop it up my ass. Oh my word. Oh yeah. Blah blah blah. How does he get into the WWF, John? Uh Terry goes and then Dory doesn't want to be left out. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Well, he had never, it was like the only place he had never worked. It's also because it's the W, yeah, they never worked for with Bruno or anything like that. And, you know, like Vince would be aware of them and he brings them in and yeah. for some reason calls uh, Dory, ha- to- Dory Haas Funk and then switches it to Haas yeah. Dory Funk, which is my favorite. Your name is your nickname now. What? Why? Shut up. <laughs> but that's the classic Vinceism, right? Where it's like, he's Haas Funk now. Why? Because I and he didn't. It's not like he came out in like 
it's not like he wrestled in jeans. Like this is very much 1985. So Vince is at like he's very much at the what? Do you, what would you say? He's at, uh, just at the start of what he's going to become. Where it's like you're Dory Funk, uh, NWA champion, and uh, re- as of recently, another champion. Uh, the only other title the NWA has invented in like 50 years. Okay, cool. You're a gardener, and what makes you mad is uh, the color purple. Go. He's like also newly minted as the star maker because WrestleMania worked. So he's also yeah. it's the thing of he's gone from being the like oh this guy might have potential to people being like holy fucking shit this is the guy. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, Dory says he loved his time in the WWF essentially because what, what did Terry do? This is the best quitting ever. What did Terry do? You tell me. Terry woke woke up in the middle of the night and fucking left. We do have a two-part series on Terry Funk as well uh, that you can go listen to. And there's more fun stuff about how he quit. Yeah. We can- <laughs> Basically, like, writes a letter to his horse at one point or something. Oh, he claimed his horse was sick, uh, like, much later on. Yep. Like, he's like, oh, my horse was sick. <laughs> he just fucking leaves. So good. And then that leads... Terry, uh, Terry is left, so we get into the fun territory where Haas Funk, Dory Funk, uh, teams with Jimmy Jack Funk, who may, many of you may know from the story of how the Rockers got tired, uh, fired the first time, and uh, he's uh, how, he's a Funk because Vince McMahon just said he was, and it was weird, <laughs> and then Dory just left. Yeah, and then Dory remembered that he wanted to be married to his second wife. Dory, of course, got divorced the first time because his wife couldn't remember what he looked like. <laughs> this is also then like again. And then he just does a very funk family move, which is like he shows up here, he shows up there. He shows up in ECW, he shows up in Puerto Rico. He does all of the territory loops a bunch of times, and he opens up uh, the Funkin' University Wrestling Training School, where he's literally been training wrestlers ever since. Wrestlers like the Hardy Boys, yep. Lita, a bunch of other guys that failed, probably. <laughs> Uh, Kurt Angle, Mickey James, Edge, Val Venus, Ted DiBiase Jr., and Test. Man, really drops off at the end there, doesn't it? <laughs> All these world champions and a banker and a guy who's dead. I don't know, man. Ted DiBiase, Val Venus, Edge. This is, this is the crazy thing is that, like, he... He's one of the only guys you could think of who would become that trusted that he would train people to wrestle in the WWF style, given the fact that he has only worked there for two years. They're like, oh, Dory can just do it's it. It's also because one of those things where Dory is such a respected territory. Like, you can see that they're like, well, fucking Terry's crazy, but Dory's the reasonable one. And so they also, all of the guys that worked for the WWF, he would be like, He's your he's your friend's older, way cooler brother. Like that's who he would be to like Jim Ross would be like, Holy fuck, I'm gonna go call Terry Funk brother and tell him what the fuck is this fucking hip toss Edge is doing. It's shit. And he would be like, This is so fucking cool. Much like 
see Terry. The funny thing is Terry Funk gets way more press for never retiring because of the style he wrestles. Dory Funk wrestles obviously a very safe, like 1960s style. He said towards the early part of his career that essentially what his dad beat into him literally was to make it look as realistic as possible. So he wrestled uh, as of uh, (laughs) May 31st, 2015. At 74 years old. Jesus. God bless him. Jesus. And you know what he did? He grabbed a fucking ankle. He took him down. He was inside control for 35 minutes. And it was a 35-minute match. And Dory Funk looked up and he went, five stars again. And then he walked into the back. That one's for you, Dad. Um, Hey, guys. For this episode, we'll be doing a brand new feature called the Wrestling Scale of Wrongness, which your boy Christopher Hobson has come up with. And that is a total score. Out of 70, Mark 1, violence, 0 to 10. Mark 2, sexual misconduct, racism, personal relationships, substance abuse, general assholery, and politicking in the back. That's out of 70. Each is 0 to 10. That's the proper explanation from me, Super Alpha Dylan Gott. But now here's John Hastings attempting to speak English and failing very badly. Before we do best worst, uh, our fearless researcher... Uh, Jimmy Hobson. Christopher Hobson. I, I like giving him a, a different first name. Jimmy. Jimmy Boom Boom Hobson. Jimmy Boom. Jimmy Mouth of the North Hobson um, has uh, created a wrestling scale of wrongness. I don't think this is going to last long because it's very detailed. But basically, it's uh, on a scale from uh, zero uh, to Barry Horowitz. We decide how good of a man... Um, uh, Dory Funk Jr. is. Uh, for violence, uh, he gets a, a 0 to 42. Uh, oh, he's just created the scale, and then we have to fill it in. Now this makes more sense. All right. So from vi- on um, uh, violence in the, uh, in the world, how would you uh, rank uh, Dory Funk Jr., Dylan? To violence. Violence in the world. Vi- Bar fights. Just a being One? a terribly violent, crazy, erratic man. One? I'm going to give him a one as well because he. I know for a fact that if you went to a barbecue at Dory Funk Sr.'s house, you had to fight him. So he definitely had to fight his dad. He seems like he seems like if you married his daughter, you'd have to beat him in a wrestling match. Like, and not... He'd, you'd have to out-wrestle him, no matter how old he was, yearly to stay married. 100%. Sexual mis... So that's a one. Sexual misconduct... That's a zero. He, uh... Two women in his life, and he's married to both of them. He once saw one of his daughter's bras, and he burned the house down. (laughs) Um, uh, We should say, what is the scale to? It's one to ten? It's, yeah, it's, let's say one... Or is it zero to ten? Zero to ten. On racism. Zero to ten, okay. Racism. Uh, Racism? Oof, you mean he's from Texas? Uh, he's never said anything racist. I think maybe it's just his core beliefs. I'll say a four. I'm gonna say he's a he's a six because for sure, for sure, for sure. You mean he was a fucking he for sure for sure Texan was, in the sixties. He was friends with Dan. Te- he was friends with uh, Dick Murdoch. Like there is no fucking way that he didn't have. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, true. Personal relationships, uh, zero to my autobiography is a list of times I cheated on my wife, which is a direct reference to Brett Brett the Clit Man Hart. Uh, I'd say zero. I'm also going to say. Yeah, because he's fucking sucking all those clitties. I'm going to say zero. Substance abuse, definitely a one because he definitely had some beers. General. (laughs) He had one beer. 
once, and then he saw Terry have two, and he said, check yourself into rehab or I'll beat you to yeah. death, brother. Terry, how many beers has that been? I've had two. For your life, that's the only two you get. Um. <laughs> Substance abuse, zero. General assholery, zero. zero to ten. I'm giving this one a zero. I mean, politicking. I'm gonna give him. I'm giving him a zero because he got the he got to the top the old-fashioned way, being abused by his dad. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> he. I don't know if is it politicking to just be born into a position like he's almost like a good Roman emperor. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean, he, he's, he's a, just like he's a just. Yeah, king. I mean, he was given it, but his dad instilled good values in him, or values that at least may not be good to us, but like were effective in raising a good person. Seemingly, he's the Eddard Stark of the W of wrestling. And here's the thing. Terry, Dory Funk, rather, never have you heard a story about him, like, someone, like, Edge shows up, and Edge can't shoot, so Dory Funk just fucking knees him in the head. You know what I mean? Like, Stu Hart did that shit. Like, that's a thing about Stu Hart. Dory Funk was like, here's how you fucking fall on your back. Bill DeMott was doing that stuff. Dory Funk didn't have to do that. So... I mean, he's zero... And, yeah, he's a zero in politicking as well, if you want to go zero to ten, because... He's a promoter's son and for sure could have pulled out, like, look at it, it's seven inches, I'm not losing tonight, but he never did. No. He, yeah. And a good enough wrestler that he could have all these draws and lose all these times, but you always take him seriously. There's just a vibe that he gives off that you always take him seriously. Watch any card with Dory Funk Jr. on it. Like, even watch any early 80s stuff when he's just like... He's got the classic, like, I used to work out body of, like, my legs are toned, but my upper torso, oh boy. I love it. And I love you. All right. Uh, next question. So this is basically overall, as a person in wrestling, let's say where Dory Funk is, uh, obviously Horowitz being zero and ten being uh, Buck Zumoff. I'd say he's... He's a Horowitz. Oh yeah, he's he's he got one. Yeah, he's he's a he got one out of a possible. What's that? Seventy <laughs> as far as being a bad person. He's a one out of possible fucked his own daughter. Yeah, no, he wins. Yeah, he's so Dory Funk. We're gonna start. Uh, maybe we'll start t- keeping track of who the best people are here. But Dory Funk, great guy. I'd say the best thing about him as a wrestler uh, is his stamina like no matter what style you're wrestling 60 minutes over against a guy who you want to keep some reserves in the tank for because Inoki Billy Robinson Johnny Valentine which we didn't even get to uh Johnny Valentine just like blasted him in the face a bunch during their like matches Johnny Valentine noted an open psychopath that's, I mean, you have to keep your wits about you to the point where, like, you can still, if these guys make it a fight all of a sudden, that you can defend yourself. I think he's, I think his strength is obviously his in-ring, and obviously his weakness is the spinning toe-hold finisher. Even, f- like, in the 60s, there was bad finishers, but at least they looked like they would hurt. That's one of the worst finishers I've ever seen. Yeah. Because you have to reset every time. It's worse than, like... It's even worse than, like, the fucking zigzag. It just looks like it would be annoying. 
Well, it looks like anytime he would turn around, you would just be like, I'm out of this now, rather than you have to wait for it to start again. Uh, for me, worst thing about Dory Funk is worst excuse for not dropping the title. I drove my truck into the river. That's his reason. That <laughs> well, maybe, well, maybe we should revisit the politicking thing. Because then ought- we give him a fucking zero when he didn't drop the title. I'm still let, I'm still giving him a zero because his dad beat him up. Like I'm like, no, he's fine. <laughs> I considered it when I was giving him a zero for that, and I was like, I'm gonna bring it up here so I feel like it's it's equal. Yeah, that was like that for me. It's just like because it's just like I'm actually fine that he did it. Like they had a problem between the two families. It's an interesting lore story. Just come up with a better excuse. You have Terry Funk in the house. I can't drop the title. Terry bit me. <laughs> and what's the uh what's the worst part about uh dory dory fofo the best part you mean oh what's the best i'm sorry you bitch um oh, it's a couple of things i'm gonna say um he's the best at looking bad in a cowboy hat i've never seen someone from texas look that's funny look worse in a cowboy hat and it's the best thing about him. his you plop a cowboy hat on that man's head, his IQ visibly drops 30 points. It's insane. Have you ever seen a dog wearing a hat? Like, it's that same, just sort of like, <laughs> this is wrong. This is wrong. <laughs> That's jokes. Yo, bro, I'm fucking funny. <laughs> you know what, though? What, bro? John... What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to pick who we're going to do next okay. week. Okay. Okay. You were who we're doing? Who? Virgil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Virgil, aka Mike Jones, aka Shane. Vincent, aka Shane. The Booth thing, aka Shane. Fat Hog. Shane. Shane, Shane, Shane. That was my favorite version of Oh Virgil. yeah, <laughs> Shane. <laughs> Part of the West Texas. He was a uh, <laughs> Shane. That movie, the old movie Shane. No, it was Shane McMahon because he was part of the West Texas Rednecks. It was the I know. best. I remember that. I don't think he did. No, he was Curly Bill in the West Texas. No, he was Rednecks. also Shane. He had two. <laughs> two names in a stable that was three months. All right, so we're gonna do obviously Vincent, Virgil, who are, the man who was only named after people they were trying to make fun of. Mr. Mike Jones, next week on The Wrestler Review. Thanks very much for listening. Um, John, do you have any shows coming up or anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah. Just go to my website, thejohnhastings.com, and buy my album and kiss me. Perfect. Uh, for me, go to my Facebook page, uh, facebook.com, if you ever heard of the website, backslash Dylan Got Comedian, and uh, look at all my fucking tour dates. Uh, get us on Twitter. At Dylan Gott, at the John Hastings, um, donate on Patreon. I don't know, man. There's so much stuff we have to promote. And you know what? I'm tired. I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell your friends. Please tell your mom. Please tell me. I'm cute. Bye-bye. Suck me. Fuck me. Kiss my dick. See you in hell. This is my chance for the world's heavyweight championship belt. Ten pounds of solid gold. You know what that's worth, right? And so do all those people that are out there watching. But it's worth more than that. If you're world heavyweight champion... It means that you are the best at what you do. And I happen to be a professional wrestler. And every athlete that decided that he wanted to be a wrestler, from the first day he pulled on his wrestling tights, he has in his mind the ambition at some time to have the chance to be 
National Wrestling Alliance World Heavyweight Champion. And I'm just as excited about it right now. I've been training just as hard. You know, in the past, I was World Heavyweight Champion for four and a half years. But I want that championship belt back so bad right now. Because if I am World Heavyweight Champion, that means I am the best at what I do. And I am a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist in the ring, I'm a perfectionist out of the ring, and I've studied Ric Flair, and I've watched him, and I know the way he moves, I know the holds he uses, and I know that figure four leg lock, because I used to wrestle a fellow by the name of Jack Briscoe an awful lot. And during that time, I learned how to escape that figure four leg lock and actually reverse that hold. So it's going to be my skill against Ric Flair's, and I think I'll come out on top and win that championship.